Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome back, Sky Women. I'm Dr. Carolyn Moyers, your host and board-certified OBGYN. Today, we're going to delve into an important topic, the types of hysterectomies. It's essential to understand the precise terminology when we use uh, used in these procedures, as it'll help you to make informed decisions about your health. So let's explore the different types of hysterectomies available. But before we begin, number one, I want to say thank you so much for your reviews. It really helps and your feedback helps to fuel the different topics that we address here and also reviews with the practice. It just makes our hearts so happy because um, our goal is to serve and to help women to feel heard and seen and address their specific concerns in regards to midlife and genitopelvic pain. So thank you for that. Okay, let's address the terminology. The term partial and total hysterectomy are really commonly used layman terms, but they don't accurately describe the procedure performed. So oftentimes when a patient says I had a partial hysterectomy, I say, what does that mean to you? Because to me, it means that the uterus was removed and the cervix remains. Um, Because a hysterectomy is referring simply to what happened to the uterus, not the ovaries. So hysterectomy is one of the most frequently performed surgical procedures in the United States. Selecting the route of hysterectomy for benign cases, so non-cancerous cases, is often influenced by the size and shape of the vagina and the uterus, accessibility to the uterus, extent of extrauterine disease, so endometriosis or adhesions, the need for other procedures, um, the surgeon training and experience, available hospital technology or devices and support, and whether the case is emergent or scheduled, and also preference of informed consent with the patient. So there's a lot that goes into deciding on the route of the hysterectomy, and I wanna make sure that you understand what the different routes are so that you can be armed with uh, making the decisions and advocating for yourself and asking the right questions as you consider these options. So vaginal and laparoscopic hysterectomies are considered minimally invasive surgical approaches because they don't require a large abdominal incision. So they're typically associated with shorter hospitalizations or shorter hospital stay and uh, post-op recovery times compared to an abdominal hysterectomy. So ACOG, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, recommends that minimally invasive approaches to a hysterectomy should be performed when it's feasible. based on the well-documented advantages over abdominal hysterectomy. So let's just kind of compare that looking at considering vaginal laparoscopic hysterectomy as minimally invasive and comparing that to an abdominal hysterectomy, we see shorter hospital stay, faster return to normal activities, better functional capacity, improved pain assessment, fewer post-op infections, and improved quality of life in the first months after surgery. Now, in the long term, 
there's no evidence of difference in satisfaction, interoperative injury, or complications. You know, especially like if you're having it out for a large bulky fibroid uterus or significant um, heavy vaginal bleeding that's leading to anemia and a need for uh, blood transfusions. Like in the long term, you are just glad that that uterus is gone. You don't care how it came out. <laughs> but sometimes it's important to know. Um, for instance, in a super cervical hysterectomy, if that cervix is left behind, that we need to continue having pap smears. If the cervix is removed and you've never had a history of a moderate or severe cervical dysplasia, and your cervical pathology is normal at the time of the hysterectomy, then you don't have to have pap smear screening. So these are really important things to know. All right, let's get into the precise terminology and what we're talking about with these different types of hysterectomies. So first, my favorite hysterectomy is a robotic-assisted laparoscopic hysterectomy. So this first type involves a procedure using the robotic technology, small laparoscopic incisions in the abdomen, and then the surgeon gets to control the robotic arms that provide enhanced precision and flexibility during the operation. I'm talking 360-degree rotation of the wrist that we do not have in a traditional laparoscopic surgery, and just really detailed dissection. Robotic-assisted laparoscopic hysterectomy offers benefits such as reducing scarring, minimal blood loss, and quicker recovery time compared to traditional surgery. So this has by far become my favorite over the years. All right, a laparoscopic-assisted vaginal hysterectomy. So this procedure combines laparoscopic with vaginal removal of the uterus. Uh, the small incisions are made in the abdomen. We insert a laparoscope. It allows the surgeon to visualize the pelvic organs, similar to robotic. The difference is that um, the surgeon is standing at the bedside with an assistant operating the camera and the different instruments and the dissection is done down to the level of the uterine artery and once the uterine artery is ligated then they're going to go vaginal below and they're going to take out the cervix and then the entire cervix and uterus um, is removed with ease through the vaginal canal all right vaginal hysterectomy so vaginal hysterectomy involves uh, the complete dissection, removal of the uterus through the vagina without making any external incisions on the belly. This approach is suitable for women with specific uterine conditions, such as a normal-sized uterus, no significant scarring or adhesions from previous surgeries. Previous vaginal delivery is also extremely helpful. A little vaginal prolapse goes a long way if that uterus descends well on exam prior to surgery. Um, a vaginal hysterectomy typically offers a shorter recovery time and less post-operative pain compared to abdominal procedure. All right, and the trans-abdominal hysterectomy. So an abdominal hysterectomy um, is performed through larger incision on the abdomen, right? So it's got that low fan and still incision across the bikini line, or it could be a vertical depending on the indication, the size of the uterus, whether it's emergent. This approach may be necessary when the uterus is very large um, or when additional procedures are needed, such as removing fibroids, addressing pelvic adhesions, because it allows us greater access to the pelvic organs, but there is a longer recovery time and more noticeable scarring. 
All right, so this super cervical hysterectomy that I mentioned, it could be done uh, laparoscopically. Um, it involves the removal of the uterus while preserving the cervix. And this procedure may be recommended for patients um, with uterine conditions that don't affect the cervix. If somebody's particularly tied to having keeping their cervix, whether they um, receive significant uh, pleasure uh, from uh deep penetration um, with intercourse, um, there may be different reasons why they want to keep their cervix and kind of preserve that anatomy. Um, but in general, um, sometimes people think that maybe this reduces the risk of pelvic organ prolapse. I would argue that that really depends on the suspension of the vaginal cuff after surgery. And that's why I really like robotic laparoscopic assisted hysterectomy because I feel like a lot of times those uterosacral ligaments that suspend the cervix are preserved and easily incorporated into um, suspension of the vaginal cuff. All right, and so if you've had a super cervical hysterectomy, like I said, you have to continue routine pap smear screening. Okay, and while this does not fall under the um, benign conditions, I will just mention a radical hysterectomy is one that is done for gynecologic cancer. So cervical cancer, endometrial cancer, involves the removal of the uterus, the cervix, surrounding tissues, including ovaries, and sometimes upper part of the vagina. Um, in this case, sometimes you'll also have lymph node resection um, in the pelvic region to assess the spread of cancer. So not under benign, but just wanted to mention that that is also another type of hysterectomy um, that may be presented depending on the case. Um, we did not mention what's going on with the ovaries because the ovaries is, is an additional procedure that sometimes goes along with a hysterectomy, right? And that is called a bilateral salping oophorectomy. The oophorectomy is the removal of the ovaries. Um, most times whenever I'm doing my laparoscopic hysterectomies, I'm actually removing the fallopian tubes, the uterus and the cervix all in one because we believe that a large percentage of ovarian cancer actually originates from those fallopian tubes. And if you're having your uterus out, you don't need the fallopian tubes. It doesn't add any significant time or complication to the procedure. So those fallopian tubes just come out. Okay, so remember the choice of uh, which type of hysterectomy is appropriate for you depends on various factors, underlying condition, size and condition of the uterus, your surgeon's expertise. Each procedure has its own considerations and implications, so it's crucial that you have a thorough discussion with your surgeon, ask your questions, know what type of procedure that you're having, and also get a copy of your pathology report after surgery to have for your medical records. I think that's incredibly helpful moving forward. Okay, Sky Women, that's all for today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I encourage you to leave us a review, to share it with your friends, and thanks for joining me on my morning commute as I record this for you because I'm a busy mom and physician and just trying to figure it out like you guys. Until next week, be well. All right, Sky Community, thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. 
As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.